Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. Everyone loves kids, right? (laughs) And it isn't surprising, seeing as we're made in his image, that God loves kids too. And it's in their faces, right? Um, I'm a recent dad, I guess, of three years. Like, compared to many of you, uh, you've got decades and decades on me. Um, Like, of of child-rearing, so, like, not saying everyone's pensioner. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> their smiles, right, and their eyes, when they, look, when they look at you, that's what kind of hooks us, right? That um, unexplainable, unjustifiable joy that they have, those newborns, and the love and the trust they have in you is immediately uh, as a new parent. And um, as you look down at that child, especially if it's your first, you kind of have to go... I don't know how to break this to a kid, but um, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, yeah, the head. Yeah, right. Um, the, the necks, I always thought the necks were stronger when they first came in. <laughs> um, but despite that, and knowing down uh, in your heart of hearts that you're so unprepared and you're so out of your depth, they continue to look at you with that, that love and trust that just melts your heart, right? Um, Especially mums and dads, like, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's like, they don't know how unqualified you are (laughs) to be a parent in that moment, but they just love you and trust you nonetheless. And I think it's that that unconditional love and favour that really undoes us and um, we end up wrapped around their finger for the next 20 years (laughs) or more. (laughs) So... Um, I just think it's amazing, and it's just, it's just that, that purity, that purity of heart. Um, today I'm talking about childish versus childlike, and, and it's a bit of a, a topic that I find that's close to my heart because the, obviously childish is the, the negative part of it. Uh, childlike is the positive part. But I think it's, it's, a, it's an attribute that we all will begin with and then throughout our life, we kind of have to battle to keep. Because as you grow up, the world is what it is and expects things of you and it wears you down and you might become cynical, you might become hard in some places because of hurts or failures or whatever. But I find that um, that childlikeness, if you can hang on to that, it can be the difference between, you know, giving up and not because in that childlikeness there's a hope that's unexplainable and there's a there's a love and uh an innocence that you can maintain that can see you through the rough times and i and i just love that in the scriptures that's exactly what jesus modeled like he he modeled childlikeness and he actually makes it a mandate to get into heaven which is kind of insane but we're going to have a look at that today um Yeah, so in Matthew 18, Jesus calls us to become like children in order to enter the kingdom of God, or otherwise known as the kingdom of heaven. Um, If you've been around church circles for any length of time, you'll know that God, Jesus, their kingdom always works upside down, back to front, and inside out. So as we explore this childlikeness, it is totally opposite to what the world 
how the world works and what they expect of us. Um, and so I think that's super cool. So um, seeing as this is my uh, talk topic, let's explore what that looks like and what the differences are. But I need your help. And in, this is like an introvert's nightmare right now. But it is tradition at these generation services for us to find groups of, I don't know, there's a lot of people here, so maybe six-ish or whatever is comfortable. But if you can get like a like a, a, a gamut of different generations, that would be awesome so that you can discuss what childlike attributes there are, what childish attributes there are, and then I will survey the congregation, we'll whack it up on, on screen, and we'll see what we come up with because this can, this can be a fun little exercise. Um, so please do that. If it just means turning around or if you want to move, there's a whole bunch of like young kids here today as well, so... Try and steal some of them. Go and meet someone new. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do that. Okay, so um, ooh, I got a, I got a clicker. Okay, Caleb, can you go to the next slide for me? All right, so there's some definitions up there. Childish is silly or immature. Childlike is the good quality, such as innocence, associated with a child. So that just gives you a bit of a hint of what we're looking for. You can give me anything, any um, attribute that you'd like on either side of that spectrum, um, and we'll put it up on a Word document for you, and we'll see what we think childish looks like and what we think childlike looks like. Hey, Indy, can you grab a mic for me? Oh, you guys keep talking. Just keep talking. Indiana, can you please grab a mic and then just like run around for me? Oh, yes. You can be my roaming mic girl. Indiana. Indiana. All right. So if you've got an attribute that you'd like to share with us, Throw your hand up and Indy will come find you and put a mic in front of you. Oh, Indy, 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 over here. Run like the wind. Is it? Beth will fix it. Beth will fix it for you. She knows how to work it.
Um, childish. Childish is? Is self-centered. Self-centered. That's a good one. I like that one. Anybody else have something to add? Oh, yes. Evelyn. EVG, what, what do you got? What does it mean to be childish? Happy. Yes, happy. happy. Amen. Yes. Kids are happy. Just in the standing here. Oh, thanks, Stu. For childlike, I would say curious. Curious. Yes, willingness to learn. Yes, this is good. Uh, childlike would be courageous. Courageous, indeed. Because they don't know how to fear yet. <laughs> yeah. Defiant. As, uh, which one? As in childish? Childish, defiant. In childlike, uh, just trusting, like children trust their parents to provide for them and, and, and do everything for them. Yes, and indeed. Jesus wants us to have that same sort of trust. Yes, trusting. Childlike is wonder. Wonder, yes, wonder and awe. Everything's so new to them, they love it. Childlike, thoughtful. Yes, they are, aren't they? Yes. It always blows me away how thoughtful like a two-year-old can be. Being kind. What? I said being kind. 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 Kindness. Thanks, Zach. Attention-seeking. Which side is that? <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to They're very on. honest. Oh, child, sorry. For childish, throwing a hissy fit. <laughs> Lack of self-control. They're very honest. They're honest. Yes, they are. They, they don't know how to deceive. How are we going with this? Any more of the... the, the selfish. Selfish. Yes. Have a, yeah, have a now mentality. Was that it? Impatience, yes. Same, same. For childish, delinquent. Pardon? Delinquent for childish. Delinquent. What does that even mean? Like. <laughs> I know it's bad, but you'd have to break that one down. Hey. <laughs> Hey. Childish, as in pouting, you know, when you don't, and, and you know, just cold shouldering because you don't get your own way. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, can, you, can, you, what, yeah. can we summarise that in one word? Do you know a word? Pouting. Pouting, uh, pouting. <laughs> hey, I think we're pretty good. I think we've got a good list there. I'm glad it evened out at the end. Thank you, thank you, Stu. Thank you, Indy. Oh, unless there's one, one banger. They have a very short attention span. They do, unless it's like super interesting to them, like a iPhone or something. <laughs> but yes, they do. Thank you so much for helping me populate that list. That's a really good list. I think we like pretty much hit all the ones that I had. Um, are you able to throw up my slide on the other one? You can't do a half-half? If not, that's okay. Yeah, so um, I think we've got a lot of these. Um, being willing to learn, humble, quick to, quick to forgive, I guess. 
Um, I got this off a website. I didn't bring this list up myself. Um, so <laughs> thankfully, someone did the hard work for me. Um, loving unconditionally, I think we hit that one too. So yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And I think these are all qualities, like the positive ones. It's good to get the neg ones out of the way so we're on the same page. We understand what we talk about when we're talking about childishness and what we're talking about when we say uh, childlikeness. But all these attributes here that you can see, the positive ones, I think they're all things that we want to see in ourselves, right? There's nothing here that we feel like we've outgrown in a way. Like, there's nothing that we want to leave behind. So I think that's, our, that's, that's the mindset I want you to be in. Like, this, is, this, is, this is where we're heading. Um, so today I'm just going to essentially just walk through a couple of passages, a couple of stories in the Bible um, that highlight a couple of these attributes. Um, so there's, there's two passages we're going to look at. Uh, so you can get your Bibles out or your apps and we're going get, to uh, get on the road. But um, yeah, we want to look at two passages where Jesus teaches about the importance of children in the kingdom of God. Both of these stories are repeated uh, in the first three Gospels, so they're, they're recorded by, in, in each of those books, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And um, I'm just going to touch on two childlike attributes today, which is dependence, uh, which I think we had out there as well, and humility. So they're very, well, by, by definition, they are lowly. Okay, so Mark 10, we're going to go to Mark 10, verse 13 to 16. And it's up there as well. So people... We're bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, like a little child, will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Now that's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty heavy to me. Like, we all want to get to heaven. But this says we can't do it unless we are like a child. Jesus really, really values children. And I think it's very clear that um, the way that Mark has expressed it here, using the word indignant, indignant, um, sorry, if you go to the next slide, thank you, means feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived as an unfair or unjust treatment. And very few times is Jesus ever described and recorded as expressing anger. So this is a really big deal. Jesus saw it as an injustice to keep children from seeing him. Because to Jesus... Children were just as important as adults. He'd come to save both. He'd re- he was coming to pay the price for both. And they were just as equally worthy of his love and to hear his word. In fact, it says the kingdom belongs to them. Now, that's, that's really bizarre to say that it belongs to children who you wouldn't even entrust you know, your pocket money to just yet. <laughs> that they that heaven belongs to them. And it just really says something about what is Jesus trying to tell us about our character? What is he trying to tell us that we should be aiming for when he tells us this? And it's very stark, isn't it? It's just receive like a little child or you're not getting in. Like that's rough. And we always think as we mature, as we get educated, 
as you have more experience, we're becoming more apt at life. And Jesus is like, no, like, you were, you were enough when you were a child. And we, we add a lot of baggage in there. So I say it to this, let the children come, hey? <laughs> I don't want to do an injustice in front of God, so let the children come. And I love our church. Um, and for those who aren't here regularly, um, the back corner is just as populated as now with little ones. And during the service, they'll, they'll scream and giggle and roll cars along the back wall. And it's just awesome. <laughs> I love the noise because it just, it just brings a life inside of this place. And to be honest, as adults, I have to admit, sometimes we're pretty boring. So, <laughs> so having this young cohort of kids coming through in the presence of Jesus, hearing his word and singing his songs, like they are absorbing so much stuff. They're, they're, we as a church family are modeling what Christianity looks like to those children. Because I don't know but in the, if you know, but in the first four to five years of your life, your bra- the brain plasticity of a child is at like ultra genius level. And it shouldn't come as, ex- as a ex- uh, surprise, like they can learn multiple languages in that time and, you know, they can learn how to use their body in that time and, you know, eat and all that stuff. So the amount that they're actually perceiving and, and retaining is beyond what we can really understand. And so for them to even just be in an atmosphere like this is actually moulding them and setting good foundations, even before they get to Jill at the back, <laughs> who just builds on that. But this is such a great um, building block, a first building block, um, as well as uh, in the home, of course. Um, the term... Oh, sorry. Yes, also, and they also remind us what God looks like, and I'm going to touch on that a bit later. So the term used in Luke of this same story suggests that the children that were being brought to Jesus at this uh, situation were actually infants, so like small, small kids, like not toddlers, they're younger, um, which is consistent with the custom of the day where um, on the first birthday of kids, the mother would look for um, a prominent rabbi um, to come and bless them or, or go to that rabbi to get them to bless their child. So this kind of fits in with that, that um, uh, they would go to Jesus. Um, and indeed, little children, whether it's back then or now, have a very clear place in the world, and that is one of complete dependence. Little children depend upon and trust their parents for everything. They are carried in their arms. They go where they're taken. They receive what they've been given. Such young children are often in a place where all they can do is receive. They can't refuse gifts out of self-sufficient pride or feel like they need to earn anything. In a similar manner, this is the way we must receive the kingdom of God, in surrendered dependence. This may sound like I'm saying to you, like, to turn off your brain, be like an infant, uh, just, just receive what you're given. Um, but that's not what I'm getting at. What I just described is more of a posturing of the heart, posturing in a way that you're in a position to receive. And if you do have questions, 
You have questions for God. You have questions about why is life the way it is? Why am I the, the way I am? Awesome. Join the queue. We all got them. <laughs> Gather them up and seek the answers to those questions. Because faith is a journey. And Jesus said, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So pray. Seek those answers. God is not intimidated by our intelligent questions. But there comes a point where you'll have enough answers to make a decision. And that point, that point comes long before your questions are exhausted. The second passage we're going to look at is Matthew 18. Thanks. And it reads, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, so they've just been on a, on a bit of a, a walk and they're coming into, I think, Capernaum or something like that. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? How bizarre is this question when you're asking this to Jesus? Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? If I was Jesus, I'd be like, Fellas, what have we been doing? You're looking at him. <laughs> but Jesus is not... Now, I need a bit of a hand here. So kids um, who are old enough to talk, maybe you might need help from an adult, but who was the famous person who loved to tell the media and the world that they were the greatest? Muhammad Ali. Jesus is not Muhammad Ali. <laughs> so he does not just come out and say that he is the greatest, even though that is the most obvious answer. But we're going to push through and we're going to see how it goes. Okay, so move on to verse 2. So, in response to this question, he calls to him a child. He puts the child in the midst of them and says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So for the second time, childlikeness and your qualifications to enter heaven, if you want to put it that way, are connected. This is a very disappointing reality for the disciples. Because they knew in those days, children were regarded like property. Ones to be looked after, not ones to look up to. But in this instance, God is saying, Jesus is saying, this is your role model. This insignificant one that people don't think twice about, don't look at twice at, is the one you need to be looking to, learning from. So Jesus drew their attention to his nature that was example that was modeled in this child. And that was the example of the greatness that they were seeking. And not only that, but it says, if they do not turn and become like children, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So these are the disciples who think, oh, we're walking with Jesus. Surely we get the first tickets in the heaven. But even now he's saying, like, you're not a shoe in you need to do this. Similar to the other passage, uh, childlikeness is, is, is a key. So it looks like Jesus is pointing, this, uh, pointing towards this as, a, as an attribute that we need to be aspiring to. That it's a holy attribute. I also want to highlight the word turn. I've never noticed it until I kind of dug into it more, but then it just, just jumped off the page at me, turn. And I looked at the Greek for it, and it, and it means to turn around, be changed or converted. And now we, in Christian 
ease, we use that word to turn when we talk about repentance, to turn from one way and go another way. So I, I always messed, missed that, that God's, Jesus said, you must repent, become like a child, otherwise you will not enter the kingdom of God. Not just be childlike, but you need to repent and then do that. And so Jesus knew that this was not part of our, our nature as humans to be, want to be, low, to be low, lowly like a child. To humble ourselves is not a natural attribute of humans. And so that's why we need to be repentant. We need to have a change of heart in order to allow ourselves to be humble, to then be as a child to enter heaven. Verse 4, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Mark chapter 9 says it like this. Uh, yep, thank you. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, so this is a, the same story, a different book, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And this is echoed in Matthew 20, uh, a very famous verse, like, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this is, this is Jesus, like, modeling exactly what he wants us to be focusing on. He has already come down and humbled himself, just being born into this physical realm. Jesus Christ is the greatest in the kingdom, but he had already humbled himself like a little child and made himself a servant to all. And now he was challenging his disciples to do the same. In the same breath, let's be clear though, Jesus does not abolish ambition. You might think, oh, we're called to be humble, we're called to be poor, we're called to be, you know, just a has-been and also ran. And that's not right. Jesus is not about that. Humility and success, they're not eternally coupled. That's not, that's, that's not, they're separate, they're separate things. So, so Jesus did not abolish ambition, rather he just refocused it. Notice during that passage there was no rebuke of their desire to be great. That desire is placed there by God. However, the concept of how they wanted to achieve that was wrong. And that's what Jesus was correcting. And I think that's really pertinent, that um, he wasn't uh, rebuking them in what they were aiming for, just how they were doing it. Because you can still be a great leader and have a servant heart. You can still be a great leader and put others first and cast off your ego. That's the type of character that Jesus is wanting here. This is the type of character that he wants us to cultivate in our lives. Verse 5. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And in and Mark, whoever welcomes... It, in Mark, it elaborates more. and says, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, or can be interpreted as does not only welcome me, but the one who sent me. And this is an interesting thing. It's kind of like a Yoda-like, you know, <laughs> um, what is it? Like, you know, fear breeds hatred, hatred, whatever. You know, you've seen the movies. Yeah, so it's a, it's a funny linking of, um, linking of concepts, right? 
So he's, he's taken a child, he's linked it to himself, and now he's linking himself to the Father. Okay? So what does that mean? What does that mean? In this passage, Jesus is communicating that the child is representation, sorry, representation or reflection of himself or the character of himself. And that Jesus is a reflection of the Father in heaven. We all understand that. We will accept that. So that means that Jesus and the Father both have childlike hearts. And so maybe, again, that is something that we should also be valuing, nurturing, cultivating. Furthermore, Jesus is um, shining some light on that, the fact that we need to make time for the children. Whatever you do for a child, you're actually doing for him. So I do have a disclaimer. Do not think that a little child shows us everything about greatness, nor everything about the kingdom of God. Because some things kids do are just plain childish. But certainly, by virtue of these Gospels, there are some important attributes and character traits that do warrant our attention, that do warrant us relearning if we've forgotten them. Because sometimes there lies a fine line between childlikeness and childishness. And the only way to navigate that successfully is to know your Father in heaven better. So we can see what that godly child likeness looks like. And then allow the Holy Spirit to change our hearts. Next slide. Everything good about a child, Jesus personified. And he's shown us the way. And he's calling us to be childlike with him too. Just gonna close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this wonderful service and those four souls, Lord, that have made a decision for you. Lord, I pray that you seal that within them and you remind them of this day for the rest of their lives, that they will know that they have chosen to follow you and you alone. Lord, I thank you that you came down and you modeled, modeled to us what it is to be a childlike adult Lord, that you actually celebrated this and you've made this a mandate for us to hold on to those good qualities of what a child is. That you've designed us that way. Lord, that you love to see that grow within us. You love to see it grow in a healthy way. Lord, I just pray for everyone here today, Lord, that you'll speak to their hearts and and touch their hearts and help them rediscover a beautiful childlike attribute this week, Lord, that they will see your face in that, that they will be able to draw closer to you in that, Lord, and they will see their world in a different light. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.